Your value is inherently there. You do not need to do anything to earn value. You just have value as you are. Welcome back to Big Queen Energy. I'm your girl, Nicole Rose, with the podcast all about the mindset of a true queen. I'm a semi retired DJ turned podcaster obsessed with positivity, psychology, and manifestation. Here to support you on your journey to attracting your dreams. Let's get it. Hello, ladies. So excited to be back here with you guys on Big Queen Energy. Today, we have a very relevant episode about coping with the uncertainty of our current world, growing through what you go through, and daily routines that help keep you grounded and happy. We have the pleasure of chatting with Brenna Guinan, and she's also a local New Yorker, born and raised on Long Island. Brenna is the host of Real Fucking Talk podcast. Yes, we love a chick that drops an F-bomb. And she's also a mental health counselor. So we are so excited to welcome Brenna to the show. How are you, Brenna? Thank you so much. I am good. How are you doing? I am so good. Wait, by the way, I said your last name right, right? No, you didn't. No? Okay, well, let's state it correctly. It's Guinan. But, it, but it does look like Guinan. So, like, you're not wrong, but you're wrong. I'm, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a very therapeutic way of putting that. You're not wrong, yeah. but you're wrong. Right, yeah. It's like straight yeah. up, but it delivers it with a slice of ease. In my head, like, before I'm a guest on someone's podcast or, like, whatever, I always mean to be like, my last name's Guinan. But then it's like, you don't want to be too upfront and think that they're going to introduce you with your last name. And then you don't want to make them feel like, oh, well, should I? Because I wasn't planning on it. No, and I always asked before. And then we were like trying to look at the technology thing. I got thrown off my A game. But we now know how to say it correctly. The most important thing is that people know that we have a swap, a double episode coming out for them. There's another one on Real Fucking Talk that you can check out where I go really deep about losing my father and my parents divorced at age 12, you actually helped me kind of uncover some connections there to how, like, I never really realized that was a whole lot of loss all at one time, really. I don't know that I ever processed that my dad's cancer diagnosis and the divorce is all just like raining down at once. Yeah. And you know, not to like take over your pod, but you got emotional and you really shared a lot. You were super vulnerable. And what was that like for you to talk about things that happened so long ago, but are clearly still affecting you today? Right. Totally. I don't know. It was like, yeah, it's, they're not like affecting me in a bad way. I think that's the difference, but like, I'm just a very empathic person. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, I don't feel like I'm carrying around that trauma necessarily and being, you know, upset or whatnot in my everyday life, but it's always going to be a part of you, you know, even after healing it. Right. Absolutely. You know, and you know, growth and healing 
it doesn't mean that you'll never not be sad about those things. It just means that when you are triggered, like talking about it on Real Fucking Talk, you just don't react with the same intensity as you did maybe the day your dad did pass or the day your parents right. got divorced. You know, it's it still hurts, but you're able to cry for five minutes and then move on with your day. I'm obsessed with the word triggered, by the way. Our, fr- our <laughs> friend group, like, we love just making fun of how that's every blog headline right now. And we just, like, trigger each other constantly when we're out. Okay, and- <laughs> honestly, though, it's tough out here for a therapist because, like, I'm trying to use that word in real life. And I mean it. And people are like, yeah, I'm so triggered. I'm like, but you weren't. And now we're just like making fun of the word. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Therapists like speak got trendy in this last year, but like not very surprising, right? Kind of on the topic of that, this occurred to me, you know, last night, it was a Sunday night. I was just watching TV on my couch and like shopping online, right? That's like, that's like an ideal, very chill Sunday evening for me. And One of my girlfriends, my friend Andrea, shout out if you're listening, she would FaceTime me and she was just like, dude, what do you think about this whole COVID thing? And I was like, what? And she's like, no. She's like, I've been like hiding at our house, our summer rental in Connecticut, like not going into the city. Like I'm terrified of the Delta variant. Like she wasn't scared two months ago when I saw her. We all went out. We did dinner. We did drinks. You know, New York just recently lifted the mask ban in like June and July. And, you know, now things are looking really sketchy again, right? And so one thing that I wanted to talk to you, like I can just tell through the text messages, phone calls, FaceTimes, whatever, just the chatter right now, especially with all of my New York friends, which is most of my people, is that there's a lot of nervousness around the pandemic again, around shutting down, around this, you know, Delta variant of COVID and our health again, and are are you hearing that from your patients? Or what's going on? Yeah. With, like, am, am I just making this up? Does everybody seem very nervous right now or is it just me? No, I definitely think that there are people on every side of the spectrum and in between too. There are people who don't give a fuck and they are not scared at all. And they're like, fuck COVID, I'm over it. So I'm just going to act like it's not here. There are people like your friend who are like, I'm just going to seek shelter and never leave again. And then there are people in the middle who, you know, have now started maybe wearing masks, even if they're vaccinated and all of that. And it's hard because there's no right or wrong. You know, do any of us really know like what is actually happening in the severity? Because, you know, I can turn on Fox News or CNN and hear completely different stories. So it's kind of like, who do you trust and who do you believe and how do I know that it's legit? So No, it's definitely, you know, super valid to feel uncomfortable or worried or apprehensive. Absolutely. So I totally agree with you. And the funny thing is I actually feel like, you know, red and blue sides, both left, right, everybody is now saying this is bad, alert, alert. Like, so that's actually worrying me more that everybody's agreeing because I'm like, oh, (laughs) maybe this is not a political thing anymore, right? Yeah. But what I wanted to ask you is, you know, it's just, it's clear that COVID is here to stay, right? It's clear that this is going to be something that we're, we're dealing with. We're living in this kind of time of uncertainty right now. What are some tools that you are sharing with people, with clients, with friends? You know, what are you doing, right? Like, how are you navigating this? What are some tools for kind of just being good with the unknown? Yeah. So that can feel really hard. Like, the fear of the unknown is a real thing. 
we as humans, we like answers and we like tangible things that we can hold and do. And none of this is logical or reasonable. So we're all having a really tough time with this. But again, going back to the beginning of the pandemic, when I started doing virtual therapy, pretty much all of my clients were like, what the fuck is going on? I'm so anxious. I don't know what to do with myself. And I really brought it down to three basic things because those were the three things that I found helped me. Number one is talk to people who are non-judgmental about your fears and people who you trust. You know, talk it out. Don't hold it in. Talk about it with someone. But if you feel that they're putting their fears on you, I know that you said you're like extremely empathetic. Maybe like don't talk to someone who's just going to freak you out more. Talk to someone that you feel safe with, who won't judge you for fearing or not fearing or whatever. Number two, take social media breaks. Turn the news off. I read a statistic, and I'm going to butcher it, but we learn more now in one day than someone in like the 1850s learned in their whole entire life. Like we are constantly- No, there's no way. Yes. I mean, I guess they had no books or anything. Well, they had no like news or anything. Just think about it. Like when you go on your- Instagram, like I follow E! News. I'm constantly learning like five dumbass things about celebrities, but like I I wouldn't have known that in the 1800s, you know? So yeah, yeah, we take in more information. And I'm not saying it's like logical information, but we take in more information in one day than people used to take in in their entire lives. So we're constantly being overstimulated, over-consuming all of this stuff. So be really careful with what you're consuming. And if you find that you're constantly looking up statistics or research about the vaccine, about COVID, about the Delta variant, and it's stressing you out, maybe take a break. You know, you don't need to stay up to date every five minutes. You can check in in the morning and then go about your day. And the third one is move your body in a way that feels good for you. It is all too easy to get in this slump of like, let me just sit my ass on the couch day after day, not do anything. I'm scared I have to stay home. I personally feel comfortable going outside. I live right on the beach, so I run on the beach. I walk on the boardwalk. Like, that's what I feel comfortable with. It must be nice. (laughs) I know. She's the humble queen. We humble love brag, Greta. Humble brag. I personally feel comfortable with that. Total respect if someone listening does not. Move your body inside. The Peloton app is $13 a month. Download it. Use it every day. It's literally pennies. You know, YouTube has free videos. Do something that will stimulate, you know, your body and your brain because that will really keep you a little bit sane. That's interesting. I agree. I So it's funny that you said that because that was actually what I said to my friend when she was kind of, I mean, I'm not even going to say sounding stressed. She was like panicking, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, and, I've, and she's not the first person who's called me lately saying that. I've had a few people call me too being like, are you still in Florida? Where are you? I'm moving. I'm like, okay, come on down here. You're welcome to come hop in, hop in with me for a few days, check the area out, see if you like this area or a different area. Like I'm here for you. Right. Cause I think there's probably going to be a second wave of, of people leaving big cities. If this goes into another lockdown situation, I was talking to my business coach who's actually in Cyprus, right over in Europe. And she said that they are planning lockdowns for fall when it gets cold in Europe. So I don't know, you know, if that happens, then the U.S. might be shortly after that. And it's like, you know, the virus spikes when it gets cold too, right? And it can transmit easier. And they're saying that this one spreads like chicken pox. So that's, you know, I think the 
combination of the spreading and cold weather is just not a great thing for New York. But that's why we love Florida right now. But so what I was thinking was like, you know, what actually has helped me, I think all your suggestions are amazing. The only thing I would just add to that is what's helped me this year is just taking control of what I can take control of. So what I cannot control if somebody else doesn't, you know, goes to a rave, doesn't touch themselves and then sits down at a dinner with me, right? Like, or didn't get vaccinated or whatever. It doesn't even matter if they got vaccinated. If they went to a rave, they could have very well picked up COVID and then brought it to me at our brunch, right? I'm not going to stuff like that, but, but maybe they did, right? So I think for you know, for all of us, it's this out of control feeling that's spurring the anxiety. So what can you control, right? So for me, I've realized in this last year that I can control what vitamins I take, what supplements I take. I've gotten really targeted in my own personal, you know, it's a natural supplement routine that I just am constantly tweaking and perfecting with my own health coach, functional medicine coach. I eat more greens than ever before in my life. Like, I have greens with every single meal. I have green juice. I have greens in every fruit smoothie. Like, there's always a side of greens on my plate. Like, I've gotten just psycho about superfoods and, you know, really antioxidant-rich fruits, et cetera. And then, you know, also cooking all my own foods and really leaning into organic stuff at this point because you can when you have the option of cooking it. And when you're in New York, I mean, I'm sure you get it. It's You can just get so busy and wrapped up in that lifestyle that it can be challenging to find time to cook your meals. But I would say I cooked about one meal a year in my 10 years in New York. And that was like Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't even do that. Which even that surprises people. They're like, oh, she can cook a turkey. I'm like, eh, I buy the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> I cook the sides. Okay? Yeah. I can cook like pasta. Like I can boil some water. That's about Rice it. Rice yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing shit else. No, I'm Italian. I can make that gnocchi from scratch. But um, (laughs) so that and then also I can control my workout routine. So Mm -hmm. I have gotten more fit than ever before in my life because I have more time because I'm out less because of the pandemic. And because I know that putting my body in the healthiest state possible is just something that I can control, right? There's no guarantee that that's going to fight off COVID. I'm not a medical doctor. Neither are you, right? We're not saying that, but we're just saying being in great health can, and having a stronger immune system can only help should you fall prey to the COVID. Absolutely. (laughs) And I actually posted on my Instagram story today, something funny about like me, I call my followers like fuckers. Um, yeah, I love, that. I love that, by the way. <laughs> hey, fuckers, how's your day today? Are you fucking it up? It's Monday. <laughs> Are you fucking you your day up yet? I'm dying. Yes, that's literally what I do. I'm like, hey, fuckers. Are you like, are you fucking it up on Monday or what? (laughs) You guys fucked it up today or what? But I posted on my Instagram story this morning about like making your bed. And like, there is no research that says like doing something small, like making your bed will improve your mental health. But there is so much research that like moving your body and living in an environment that is decluttered and organized does improve your mental health. So you know, unfortunately, if we do go into another lockdown, like keep those things in mind that there are really small things you can do to kind of improve your mental health a little bit. And of course, you know, uncertain times are anxiety ridden for a lot of people. I want to say everyone, but 
you know, I'm never going to make a generalization like that, but a lot of us feel a lot of anxiety or depression at times in this whole COVID world and doing little things like making your bed, cleaning your sink, like washing the dishes, small things really add up. So guess what? I actually do have research to support what you're saying there. Have you read that book, Tidying Up? I love Marie Kondo. Anybody who's listened to this podcast for a while knows that I'm just like secretly obsessed with her because I think she's cool as shit. Oh my God. No, I haven't, but I do follow Go Clean Co on Instagram. Do you follow them? No. Oh my God, girl, you got to. What is that? Is that her company or something? Oh, no. It's a cleaning company in Canada, but they blew up over COVID and they just post like really dirty ass homes and they take videos cleaning them. It is so therapeutic for my soul. Ew. Okay. (laughs) Uh, That might like hit my gag reflex there. So she did a book called like Tidying Up and then she did like a second book called like Tidying Up for Your Work Life. And Ah. I was listening to that on tape recently and they said that there is research to support, which I think I've seen before. I couldn't direct you to the exact study at the current moment, but there's research to support that living in a cluttered environment increases cortisol production in your brain. So I do, I kind of consider, you know, cleaning up your desk, making your bed, that's like decluttering your environment. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Wow. I love that. Yeah. So there we go. So there is research. I'm always like, I am like, I am always trying to hack my brain. I mean, everybody who listens to the show knows that. Like, how do we create more endorphins and create less cortisol? Because I had a problem with cortisol overproduction from stress, from allergic reactions. I was like, allergic to a bunch of things in my environment. So it was just naturally producing all this cortisol. I wasn't even like unhappy. I right. was just having, you know, cortisol buildup. And then, you know, once you get in that cycle, it's kind of hard to break it. You could literally tell I was having like experiencing inflammation in my stomach. Even, yeah, the person that I used to see was like, I think it's like cortisol buildup. Wow. Okay. I'm calling a health coach. Thank you for that tip. (laughs) Wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, But no, I, I think that's all really good advice of stuff people can do, you know, if there is some type of a second wave or second lockdown. I don't even want to speak these words, right? Because I don't want... I know. I don't want them to... I don't want my words to influence the reality of the situation in a negative way. But I think... I mean, I think the last thing I would add to that too is just, you know, we're in control of our outlook, right? So a lot Mm -hmm. of the things that you were suggesting just overall, those are going to help us improve our mental health, right? But also just kind of like having a mindset practice, right? Like, Maybe you want to wake up in the morning if you're really nervous. Maybe you wake up in the morning, you just affirm, like, I am healthy. I am calm. I am happy. Maybe you're just that simple. That's what Mm -hmm. you do. You look in the mirror in the morning and say that, you know? I love affirmations. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yep. Like, right now, it feels really relevant to me. So my puppy has, like, a million and one health problems. It's, like, the most. He's not a puppy, by the way. He is an old man. He's a grandpa. Oh, I love that. Yeah, he's my senior. Um, I'm I'm hospice. I always tell my friends it's kind of a dark joke, but I am a dog hospice facility over here. And he, no, we love Disco the dog so much. But I, like, started, he's on this new med, and he was just really, like, it was just dark before he went on this medicine to help Mm. with some cognitive dysfunction he was having. He's just kind of having, experiencing some cognitive decline at this point in his life, but his quality of life isn't like so bad that it would make sense to put him down yet. Right. So it's always a weird place to be in, which even that's, you know, been a little challenging for me lately. And I just, I'm like every morning when I give him the new pill, he's now on like a cocktail of pills. I'm like, you are healthy. 
You are happy. You are calm. Yeah. Speak those <laughs> like, Anyone him. listening to this just thinks I am so whacked out, but like my dog's improving. <laughs> I love that. It just goes to show the power of like affirmations and what we tell ourselves and the people right? we surround ourselves with. Yeah, I 100% believe in that. I'm a big believer in that. Okay, so I want to get into, you know, we talked about moments in my life that really stood out for me that were hardships, that were, you know, areas where I learned a life lesson. So I wanted to know something in your life that you went through and grew through, right? Kind of like the theme of today's episode, although obviously we are all going through and we're eventually growing through this COVID thing. Like I know there are things that as a society and as individuals, we're all all supposed to learn. I know we're all going to come out stronger, right? So even just remembering that is yeah. helpful when we're getting tired of this endless saga of BS. But what's a moment? Let's let's redirect to something far more exciting. Give, give me your moment, girl. Yeah. So the first moment that comes to mind for me was my boyfriend and I have been together for seven years, but in year two and a half, maybe, we went on a break. And it was honestly the best thing we could have done. It was the best thing I could have done in my personal life. And I was always that girl who was like, couples that go on a break, like, that's so fucking stupid. They're just going to break up, blah, blah, blah. And then I really experienced it and it completely changed my life. So essentially, we had started dating. We were in that honeymoon phase where we just loved each other and all of that stuff. But we got codependent and it was almost like, I felt uncomfortable going out without him. And, you know, there was, it was just unhealthy. And he was the one who finally put his foot down. And he was like, this is not sustainable for real life. Like, we either need to break up because we're not good for each other, or we need to like work on our shit. And it was devastating for me. Like, I had a very physical reaction. I did not see it coming. I immediately went to the bathroom and got sick. Like, I, it was like so physical for me that I was like, how is this happening? Yeah. And I've never experienced something like that before that like an emotional event caused me to be physically sick. And it was a real game changer. We were on a break for probably like three or four months, but it was during that time that I really started like journaling. I went back to consistent therapy because at that time I was only doing like Check up. So I was there like mm-hmm. once a month and I started going weekly and I really just started working on myself and focusing on me. And it's actually really funny because during that time is when I decided to go back to school for therapy. And I was like, you know what? Like, what am I doing? I was just at a place in my life where I was really complacent and I was happy living like and doing the bare minimum. And I'm so thankful that my boyfriend, Pat, was like, no, we're better than this. Like, what are we doing? Let's, like, get our shit together. And it was really nice allowing each other to have the space to, like, do our own things and live our best life while also still, you know, connecting and saying, I want to be with you, but I also want you to live your own life. And I am so thankful because at the end of the day, we are both so independent. I love alone time. He loves alone time. And for so long, we were just kind of like enmeshed in this bad cycle of like being crazy in love. So much there. And that that's wild that it, I mean, every single girl who's broken up and is obsessed with her ex is like jumping up and down, fucking cheering right now. Like, yeah, the 
this is how you break up to make up. You know, like they're all like about to go crack a drink and send some drunk texts and be like, I told you we're getting back together. We're just doing the work separately, honey. Relax. If you're about to send that text, put your phone Don't do it. Yeah. Don't text your ex. So tell me this. I think codependency is just something that I'm interested in, too. I think I was in a codependent relationship maybe maybe more than once. I don't know if it was, like, me or them who kind of spurred it or me. I guess we both need to take responsibility, right? It takes two to tango, my parents would always say, and they're a really fun divorce. But so I think, you know, how did you wind up in a codependent relationship and how did you realize? I know you said a lot of it was him, but can you just talk to me a little bit about what that means? Yeah. So when we started dating, he had, I've never been cheated on. Luckily, like, I don't know how that's even possible. I know that like everyone's a cheater, but I have never been cheated on. I have zero trust issues. I'm the type of person that trusts you until you give me a reason not to trust you. My boyfriend is the opposite from his lived experiences He's only been cheated on in past relationships. So we came into the relationship very different. I was always very trusting and he was always very not. And that was hard for me. And I found myself becoming codependent because I so badly wanted to help him not have these trust issues. So I would find myself like not going out because I didn't want to trigger him or, you know, not doing something because I didn't want him to get mad. And I was like, this is not healthy. But it was actually him who was the one who initiated, like, none of this is healthy. Like, it's not healthy that you're making those choices. It's not healthy that, you know, you feel you have to do that for me. He has his own, like, unhealthy shit. And again, like, I don't know if I would have ever really went on a break. Like, I am so thankful to him for really putting his foot down and being like, we both deserve better than this. And if it's with each other, great. And if it's not, then, you know, at least we had a good time. But I think so often when we hear codependence, we think like, I can't do something without this person where it's not always that. It can be like, I'm making decisions because of this person. So like, I'll pick you up and I'll stop what I'm doing so that you have a ride and I'll bring you lunch and I'll do this. And that's what I found myself doing a lot. I'm a natural helper, but I also had to learn like my value is not in how much I can help someone. My value just is inherently there. I don't need to do anything to have Correct. that. Correct. Yeah. That's, wait, that's, wait, I'm sorry. Can you say it louder for the queens in the back? Please, yes. one more time. Your value is inherently there. You do not need to do anything to earn value. You just have value as you are. I'm going to write that down. That, yes. That's an affirmation if I've ever heard one. It's so true. Like you are worthy just as you are. You don't need to do anything to earn it. You don't need to be a certain person to earn it. You just are worthy. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love that. So true. I think that we all can fall prey to that mindset when we're young, right? I definitely know that there was a point where I felt with one of my exes, I felt like, and he really did like always ask me to do stuff for him, but I had a more flexible schedule and you know, it seemed like he would be the breadwinner in that situation. And, you know, so I was happy to help grow his career. But then that doesn't really make sense if you don't have a ring on your finger and you're not building a family, right? Mm Because, you know, that can very easily become a situation where you're essentially being taken advantage of if the intention is not there to build a future together. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, that's such a different perspective. Because for me, I was always, like, so careful about his feelings. And that was, like, my own issue. People, 
I feel like listening to this might be like, oh, he must have done something to make her feel like that. No, it was literally just me being like, I love this person so much and I don't want to be without them. So I almost enabled him to like continue having trust issues because I was so willing to, you know, alleviate any potential stress or triggers where that is not healthy. You know, a healthy relationship for me, at least, feels like I am able to be both held and free. Like, so I am free to be my own person, but I also feel supported by you in doing that. That's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I'll call you and let you know when I find that person because that's when I'll stop being single like everybody asks. (laughs) Yes, but you know what? Live your life being single. Like, that's amazing. Who cares? Not every... I mean, I have young 20-something energy, you said. You do. (laughs) You do. (laughs) So maybe I have time. You do. How I put my eggs in a freezer. We're good. Stop. You're not old enough oh, that you yeah. need to do that. I mean, I'm 34. So, yeah, no, it's no, time to freeze them. I mean, at 35 is considered a geriatric pregnancy, apparently. But it's. I just feel good knowing that we don't have an end date on this pandemic and that I don't have an end date on my fertility. Yeah, I cannot believe you know? you're 34. You literally radiate like 25-year-old energy. I fucking love it. Thank you. That's wild. I love that. Okay. So what I want to know from you is what about, you know, this, I've never had the chance to ask anybody this, who's a mental health professional. What's your morning routine? What do you do to pump yourself up? Do you like, do you have a morning routine? I would imagine you do. Can you talk to us about it? You know, I actually don't. Um, yeah, I make my bed Every morning, okay. like, I guess that's my morning routine. I make my bed. I typically love to work out first thing in the morning. So okay. if I can do that, I will. I always make sure to move my body before a full day of clients just because mm-hmm. my job is so sedentary. But yeah, I guess the only thing in my morning routine would be like making my bed. I would incorporate journaling in the morning, but I really like to do that at night on my couch okay. with a cup of tea. I guess I more so have like a nighttime routine. I thought you were going to say tequila. I was like, Ooh, well, so tequila it, sometimes. I am a Casamigos <laughs> girl. So like, whatever. We love Casamigos. But yeah, I more so have a nighttime routine. Like I love to journal on the couch, having a candle, a glass of wine, a cup of tea, whatever. I do like my skincare routine. I get in bed. I say some affirmations. Yeah, I think that's really it. I typically watch TikTok too because like I'm a millennial and like it's funny. But I try not to use my phone at least like an hour before bed. But of course that is like not something that I do perfectly every single night. I know. And I tell people to do that. Like I tell my clients to do that. And then like I'm fucking on my phone in bed. So like don't listen to me. I know, right? I sometimes I'm like, oh, got it. But you know what? It's good motivation to practice what you preach. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that kind of keeps me accountable. I am a firm believer that you should not see a therapist who is not also in therapy themselves. Um, Interesting. Huh? Yeah. That's just my belief. So it holds me accountable to stay consistent in my own therapy as well, because how can I help others if I'm not like actively working through my own shit? Yeah. It just allows me, yeah. It just allows me to hold more space for others and also like hold space for myself too. So And then you're always learning and growing and you're implementing that back into your practice for other people. And it it also clears out your baggage, right? Yeah, totally. Love all that. And then, you know what else too? I mean, your whole practice is virtual, right? And 
right now, right? So, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody out here listening who, you know, is looking for somebody to help them. I know that I've had a number of friends, even family members who have decided during the pandemic that they were they were thinking about talking to somebody and they were definitely going to do it or they had time now or whatever, or that, you know, when everything went virtual, it was much more convenient, right, for people to do it. So you said something really interesting, and then I want you to share where where people can find you. But you said something about dating a few different therapists and seeing how it goes. So could you just talk a little bit about that and then tell us where everyone can find you if they want to go on a date with Brenna? Yes. So yeah, I think if you are in the market for a therapist and you really want one, shop around and date a therapist. Like a lot of therapists, pretty much everyone that I've ever encountered does a free like 15 or 20 minute consultation call. Ask whatever questions you want in there. See how you vibe with the therapist. See if you feel comfortable talking to them. You know, Nicole, you had mentioned on my podcast that like it should almost feel like talking to a friend. And I do think it should feel like at that comfort level a little bit. Of course, there's like a level of professionalism and whatever, but you know, you shouldn't feel like you can't be yourself in therapy. So if you feel like you're talking to someone and you have to be reserved or bottled up, maybe that's not your person. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. But yeah, so I tell all potential clients and friends and family, like call multiple people. Don't just, you know, find someone on psychology today and be like, okay, they look fine. I'm just going to book it with them. No, call maybe like three or four people, see who you vibe with and then go with that. But if you are in New York and listening, I am currently accepting new clients. So hit me up. Do they have Um, to be in New York though? No, because it's virtual. Well, yeah, but my license is only in New York. So I can only see clients in New York. Got it. Okay. I didn't know that. All right. Well, thank you for explaining that. We do have a majority of New York listeners, but we do have people all over the world too. So yeah. Okay. That's helpful to know. So New York people, if you're looking to try out somebody new for therapy, or you just want to hear a podcast about mental health, you know, kind of shed some tears with other people shedding tears about their own trauma, like me on Brenna's show, Real Fucking Talk is the name of the podcast. Can you tell us where people can connect with you? where they can, you know, chat with you about doing a consultation and listen to your show? Yes. So for professional purposes, I do have an account on Psychology Today. Just go to psychologytoday.com. You can type in Brenna Guinan. My last name is spelled G-U-I-N-A-N, and it'll pop up. And for the podcast, I have a podcast called Real Fucking Talk. The fucking is spelled F-C-K-N. Essentially, each week I just have a new guest on. Nicole just recorded for my pod, so she will be on it. And they just share a time in their life that they struggled, how they got out of it. And we just kind of have raw and open conversations, and it's great. I'm also on Instagram at real.fckn.talk. And you can find the podcast wherever you listen to this one. She posts great memes on Instagram. Too, I do post so great memes. Total shout out to that. And we'll put links to everything. And if you can send me the Psychology Today link, I'd love to include that. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. Oh, I love you too, honey. <laughs> All right, ladies, if you loved what you heard today, please remember to subscribe, hit five stars, maybe share it with a girl who needs to hear this advice today. We'd be oh so grateful if you had time to leave a little review too. You can add us on Instagram at Nicole Rose Stillings and at Big Queen Energy Pod. We hope we brightened your day, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in Mondays in the AM to Big Queen Energy, supporting you on your journey to fearless creation. 